You're listening to How Do I Sponsor a Refugee, a podcast brought to you by MCC Saskatchewan. Hello and welcome to episode two of How Do I Sponsor a Refugee? I'm Mark. I work for Mennonite Central Committee in Saskatchewan as the Migration and Resettlement Coordinator, which means I help people to sponsor refugees. And I have one wife, one adult daughter, one adult stepson, and I am the butler to two cats. (laughs) Uh, Hi, my name is Kate. I, for work, I work at the University of Saskatchewan in health sciences, in healthcare simulation, which basically means I teach well people how to pretend to be sick. And uh, something that is strange about me is I have nine toes and have always had nine toes. Better than Edward Lear's Pobble. (laughs) So, what we're going to start off with today is talking through the various... Um, government programs that uh, refugees can access to get sponsored to come to Canada. Then we'll move on to talking about what it looks like to get started with MCC and what sorts of things MCC will need from you as a group of private sponsors. Okay, let's get started. The alphabet soup. Great, okay. (laughs) (laughs) There are a number of schemes that Mm -hmm. the government uses for, for bringing refugees here. So I'll go through them one by one. (laughs) (laughs) Private Sponsorship of Refugees, PSR. So that's people that the group comes to us at MCC or to another sponsorship agreement holder. Mm -hmm. There's another three-letter acronym, SAR, S-A-H. And they say, no, we want to bring these people. And they may be family members, they may be family members of friends, they may be people you've heard about, like the folks that you're sponsoring, Mm -hmm. it's usually family members of somebody who's already here. Right. But the sponsorship group may be a church, it may be a a random group of people or a (laughs) not-so-random group of people. Mm -hmm. So that's PSR. I should also say that there are other ways of sponsoring besides coming through a group like us. We're called a sponsorship agreement holder, Mm -hmm. but there's two other routes. There's what's called a group of five where basically five friends can get together and say, we want to sponsor these people. Those people need to have what's called refugee status determination, which means the UNHCR or national state has said, yes, these people are refugees. Mm-hmm. And that's, in some countries, that's not possible. Okay. And there are also fairly strict financial requirements for that. And then there's a similar thing called community sponsorship, where a community institution can do a similar thing to to a group of five. So, so those are groups that are yeah. there's not that there's a middleman with MCC, but that it's your kind of vouching for and yeah. helping to facilitate yeah. Yeah, the process for a private absolutely. group. Yeah. Whereas with the group of five or with the community organization, they would be mostly working directly with whatever organizations. Or no, I guess not. They, well, they could just work they'll be directly. working directly with the refugees. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and directly with governments. So typically it's it's family members. But in a lot of the, the countries which are hosting large numbers of refugees, mm-hmm. refugee status determination isn't available. So most of the Middle East it's not available. Okay. 
parts of Africa it's not available or it's difficult to get. So that means that a lot of people actually have to come through a group like us. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I went slightly off, <laughs> off subject there, but PSR mm-hmm. is when you come to us and you say that we want to bring these people. Mm-hmm. With PSR, you have to supply all the finances yeah. for the year of sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And you're doing all the resettlement, although you're also taking advantage of the facilities that are provided by... For example, Global Gathering Place or Open Door mm-hmm. Society or International Women in Saskatoon or any of those other agencies that exist there to help newcomers. Mm-hmm. The blended visa office option, that's called BVOR, mm-hmm. that's a little bit different those are people that have actually been chosen by the Canadian government. I was saying about this earlier. Okay, yeah. From a UNHCR list. Uh, so they are people in you know, quite serious need. And those applications can move really quite fast because there's no processing needed. Right, because office. the government's already The government's set. already done that, yeah. yeah. That particular scheme, the deal is that the sponsorship group handles the start-up money... So that's putting all the equipment in the house and making sure people have got clothes and Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. But then the financing is shared between the sponsorship group and the government for the ongoing expenses, which includes the rent, which is a big expense. Yes, Okay. So there's a definite advantage for people going that route. Mm -hmm. And the other advantage from our point of view is that it's people in deep need who don't have anybody to advocate for them. Right. So the government has to advocate for them in the absence of other. And then JAZZ, which I wish I could remember what the acronym stood for. I mean, you say the acronym more than you ever say the things that it stands for. Soon it kind of loses the meaning of those things. Yeah. Okay, there is a, a further development of BVOR called JAZZ, mm. which actually the government pays all of that ongoing expense. And it's typically for two years, and it's for people with quite serious issues, so usually health issues. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's kind of BVOR taken to the extreme. Right. Yeah, special circumstances. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Then the scheme that you're bringing folks under is... Operation Afghan Safety? Yes. So these are people that we heard about who are, you know, basically they fled Afghanistan in the wake of the Taliban takeover. Right. And that's a special scheme that's running at the moment. Uh, It will run for a couple of years. And it works essentially the same way as the PSR, the the private sponsorship scheme. Right. Except that they're promising that the the processing time will be shorter. Right, because they've allocated more folks to help with processing those, that the paperwork for those processes. And so this Operation Afghan Safety has arisen because there's been a spike in need, and then we're assuming... Over the next few couple of years, that need will 
be replaced by a need somewhere else. Uh, and yeah. so then the, there will be a different yeah. operation yeah. something else. Well, there might be. There might be. There might not be. I mean, it's... it's You're more optimistic than yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, sometimes they respond in, in this way as, as, you know, recognising an emergency, and sometimes they don't. Right. Okay. There's yeah. been an emergency in the Democratic Republic of the Congo for the last several decades. So yeah, and there hasn't been an operation. <laughs> and there hasn't been an operation, but... Yeah, there we go. There. And then the other one is, is one-year window. And that's hmm. where, in a PSR scheme, in a, a private sponsorship of refugees scheme, you can enter people on the list of people you want to bring as non-accompanying. So that's hmm. if, say, somebody's spouse has gone missing and they don't know where he is. Okay. Or if somebody wants to be able to bring their daughter who is still in the country that they've just escaped from. And, oh. that, you know, they're working on trying to get her over the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that type of thing. So there's this thing called one-year window that within a year of arrival in the country, the newcomer, the people mm-hmm. that you've, you've sponsored, mm-hmm. can basically say, we know where this person is, we want to bring them. Oh, and it's a bit of a faster track. Yes. For that, it wouldn't yeah. be a full restart yeah. of the... It wouldn't be like yeah. a restart the of the... The paperwork is a lot smaller and, yeah. you know, I mean, a lot of the paperwork's already done. So yeah. it's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that might have happened with... When my family sponsored a group from the Karan province. Is it a province in Burma? Well, district anyway. District. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that was... The, there was yeah. a number of family members who came, but then they also knew that there were more in the camp. Yes. Uh, and yeah. so I think that yeah. might have been the, the program that they accessed. Yeah. So there's all these government programs, and dear listener, please... <laughs> <laughs> Please don't feel you have to remember all this, because we can help you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so where do they start if they think about, okay, I know that there's... I guess there might be two kinds of listeners out there, or more, but I'm thinking of folks who have family members that they're concerned Mm -hmm. about, and they know where they are, and they know where they would like them to be. And then there are folks like me who are curious about whether or not we could actually be a sponsorship group and help folks who we don't necessarily know, but who we would like to get to know and like them to be safer. And so for either of those camps of people who are considering this process or hoping for this process, what's their starting point? Do they just Mm -hmm. call you up? What should they know beforehand? They can just call us up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what happens when people approach me or when people approach MCC and mm-hmm. actually my colleague Krista at the front desk ends up doing a lot of this right. is that we do what you have to do we give them a form yes, <laughs> yep, <laughs> because we're in Canada and yeah. we love paperwork <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. so <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fairly simple form but you know, mm-hmm. basically tell us about the family tell us you know, their ages and where they are and where they've come from and a little bit of their history and 
whether they have any particular issues, you know, health issues or vulnerabilities or whatever. But also tell us a little bit about you, you know, who do you have in your group? Can you get the money together? Have you approached a church or another group that can help you if you need to do that? Those sorts of questions. We have to do that because we essentially have to choose each year who to apply for. Right. It's the hardest bit of my job, the most unpleasant bit of my job, is, you know, we've got this long list of of people who we'd love to bring them all. Mm -hmm. But the government gives us an allocation each year and we have to say, look, we'll bring you, we'll bring you, we'll bring you, but the rest of you (sighs) keep trying. Yeah. But not this year. Yeah. And the way that we do that is, you know, we try to bring the people with the biggest needs. Mm-hmm. So that's single women at risk, because single women are typically at risk in refugee mm-hmm. camps or in, in the sort of low-income conditions where they find themselves. Mm-hmm. Single-parent families, people with disabilities or serious injuries, mm-hmm. people who have been... Refugees for a long time, whether that's in a refugee camp or whether that's, you know, travelling or in low-income conditions in a city somewhere. Right. Or people who, you know, they fled one country because of legitimate fears Mm -hmm. and they find themselves in a place where they are almost as oppressed as they were in the first country. Right. Because of their religion, because of their nationality because of whatever it is Mm -hmm. so those categories are you know things that that we look for in deciding whether to prioritize someone and we try to do that but we can only bring people if there's a solid group to bring them Mm -hmm. and if the money is there right so you might have I'm going to pick a number out of the air because I have no idea the scale of it. But maybe you have a list that you can bring 30 individuals and you might only have a much smaller number of groups of people who are able to be those sponsorship groups. And so there's, I imagine, a need that exceeds the amount of groups that are there. Yes. And, I mean, we find groups forming in order to help a particular family. And often they are yes. family members. And what works actually best, as far as we're concerned, is mixed groups where it's, mm-hmm. it's people who know the culture of the people they're bringing. And usually those are family members. But mm-hmm. it's also people who have lived in Canada all their life and you know, know how things work here. Right. Yeah. And we need to know that they can work together. Mm-hmm. But if they've come together, then that's a pretty good sign. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that's yeah. how you get started. So that's how we get started. Yeah, you um, just, they, the person just calls you up, they co- talk to Krista, mm-hmm. they get given a form, and that information they put on that form helps you decide but what special program might be applicable. Well, I mean, everybody is going to be PSR, unless they're Afghan, in which case it's OAS. We also do those, those BVOR and sometimes jazz programs. We will have groups that specifically ask for a beaver. Okay. So that will be somebody that nobody here knows. <laughs> so that's, they're really starting from scratch there. Right. I mean, as far as the PSR is concerned, 
Obviously, we're always looking for more groups of people to, to take this task on. Yeah. As far as BFOR is concerned, we're looking for more groups to take this, this task on. And actually, it can be a good introduction to refugee sponsorship because you're not having to, to shell out quite so much money. Mm-hmm. The process the might go quicker. initial process is a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you don't have that long waiting period where you're... Yep. So what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't rent them an apartment yet because we don't know when they're going to be here. Yeah. And we can't start baking casseroles because we don't know when they're going to be here. Yeah, they get a bit moldy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Stay yeah. frozen for so long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's that's good to know that it's a that the Bivor program is set up in a way that if someone isn't sure they would would have the resources for a full year on their own as their group. Bivor is always looking for groups as well. Yeah. 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 And so then initially, once you filled out that form, what other information, what kind of time and energy goes into this initial stage where MCC is kind of getting to know your group and what you're able to do? What I will do is I'll wait until the government tells us this is how many people you, you can bring. Mm-hmm. What, Which is supposed <laughs> to happen. It's supposed to happen by the end of February each year. Oh, this year it didn't. Okay. Um, hmm. <laughs> when that happens, when we actually know how many people we can bring, I then go through and figure out who can we bring this year. Who yeah. who are, who are the priorities for this year? I'll usually mm-hmm. have a few reserves just in case mm-hmm. there's a, a hitch with any of the the preferred options. Mm-hmm. There will be some people who, who hit so many of those priority categories that you know, I really, really, really want to bring the, yeah. those people. Yeah. But there's no money. So I will be begging to find somebody mm-hmm. to, to do that, to, to take on that sponsorship. Yeah. How would you... I just thought of this now... How would you find out if you were someone who, you know, you know that maybe you have a a few friends or colleagues that have always kind of talked about sponsorship and maybe you have friends who've done it and you really only think that you'd you'd get the fire under your feet to do it if you found out about someone in an incredible need. Is there like a mailing list or like a way to find out we need groups now. Like, where? What platforms does that go out on? Historically, you really until the Syrians started coming in large numbers in 2015, 2016, 2017, it was pretty well all churches that were doing sponsorship right. through us. Now that mm-hmm. changed because of the Syrian surge. We had people knocking on our door saying, "You know, can we bring some Syrian families?" And things have have been different since then. Hmm. So. It's word of mouth, you know, making sure people know that we exist and we can do this. Yeah. And MCC has a website. Yeah. And we're putting out a podcast. So that's how they <laughs> find out about it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking that there's sometimes the urgency of there being a specific need now 
is what makes a person go from, oh, I, I'm considering doing this sometime, to maybe this is the year that we do it. Yeah. And so yeah. even if you're listening to this podcast out of just curiosity, putting yourself out there, putting your group name or sending a message to MCC or sending a message to Mark and just saying, you know, we're thinking about this. Is there a great, you know, what kind of need is there for a group like us? What could we handle? I think it's worth just reaching out in case because you might receive the urgency you need to Mm -hmm. get involved. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Once I've chosen which groups to work with, because that's... Mm -hmm. I've chosen who to bring and therefore I've chosen which groups to work with. Right, Um, yeah. There are things that I need. I mean, we, we have to do a whole load of paperwork. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's paperwork for the government and there's paperwork for MCC because, you know, we're putting ourselves at financial risk by mm-hmm. being involved, you know, through our contract with the government. We, we have a degree of responsibility, so we have to make it clear that that's a shared responsibility. Yes. And then there's the things that we do to make sure that so far as we can be sure the newcomers will be safe Mm. so we get people to do a criminal record check Mm -hmm. and we want to see people's motor insurance because they're going to be driving the people around so (laughs) you know i mean those those kind of basic things so that's where you start so that's where we start with a pile of paperwork yeah, and a phone call. yeah, yeah. So, so maybe we should have all the fun of talking about paperwork in the next one. Yay! <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Kate and I recorded these conversations back in March of 2022. We're putting them online in October of 2022. And so some things have changed since we first had that conversation. One of the big things is that Kate's Afghan refugees arrived in June and they're doing well and the group is doing a great job with them. Another is that I said on the episode that you might want to contact Krista at our front desk at MCC. Uh, Krista is now on maternity leave, so it would be Jesse um, until Krista comes back in several months' time. Another thing you might want to know is that um, I said that we hadn't been given our allocation at the time of recording. We weren't actually given it until the middle of July. We should have been given it at the end of February. So we're hoping that next year the government will get back to the system that they promised us of telling us by the end of February how many people we can apply for in a year. And one piece of personal sadness for me, I said I was butler to two cats. I'm now only butler to one cat because our beloved Snowball died over the summer. Please note that this series of podcasts, which we're calling How Do I Sponsor a Refugee? because that's what they're about, are quite specific in the detail to how we do things at the Mennonite Central Committee office in Saskatoon. Not every sponsorship agreement holder will 
do things in exactly the same way. We're all subject to the same government rules. We're all subject to the same expectations. But we handle things slightly differently from one group to another. And so if you're looking to sponsor through somebody else or you, if you have experienced sponsorship through somebody else or even through us in the past, you will notice some differences. We would like to invite people who haven't thus far been involved in sponsoring refugees to consider it. And if you would like to get involved, and especially, especially if you want to sponsor someone who's not related to you, if you want to welcome the stranger, that is, feel free to contact me. This is Mark Bigland Pritchard at migration at mccsk.ca. That's migration at mccsk.ca. And I say, you know, especially people who aren't related to somebody that they want to bring, because we have a number of people that we would be very happy to be able to bring who are in serious problems, but who don't have the people here to support them at this point to form a strong enough group or to provide the money. And so if you can help in either or both of those ways, then obviously we will be very, very glad to hear from you. Meanwhile, thanks for listening to How Do I Sponsor? A refugee. How do I sponsor a refugee is a podcast of Mennonite Central Committee, Saskatchewan. All speakers are responsible for their own comments. We are grateful to Erin Brophy and Fletcher Forehand for providing the music.